I've got too much going on in my life to read that right now. What's after breakfast? What's before lunch? It's Austin, Texas. It's weird brunch. Because what it could easily good. just be general apathy as well. Yeah, I, I don't think for many people sexuality is that just like clear. Yeah, right. This. I've no, I've not heard this. Are you serious? Yeah. Show me a video. Show me a video. Okay, hold on. It has 3.2 million uses of the song. That doesn't mean I'm going to see it. Like, TikTok operates in silos. The ones I keep seeing are ones like this. That's for straight. That is gay. A masculine man who does a little. Yeah, that is gay for straights. That's baiting. That's gay baiting. He's very good. He is. no i have not i've not seen this that does look fun to watch though i'm trying to think of what songs are popular on my tiktok right now. i don't think i have anything that's just like overwhelming like corn kid or yeah it's been a minute i feel like since we've had a really everyone's doing it tiktok yeah hold on let me i'm pausing this Straight from India. No. Haley Lamont. <laughs> Straight to India. Nothing. Straights for India. Straights for India. <laughs> oh. Number four. You're, yeah. Have you watched? Oh, you don't have HBO. Or you kind of do. I, no, I do not have HBO. I will get HBO from time to time if there's something that I want to watch. Like I watched White Lotus with a free right, trial. Right. Yeah. I had a conversation with Brandon yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, that's 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 a good start for y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try not to talk to him because it humanizes him too much, and he'll start thinking that like he does a right and that like kind of stuff. He can start conversations. Yeah, no, <laughs> unacceptable. Even, no. no, no, no. Um, but I was talking to him because I was at the mall because I had to purchase some things for my upcoming trip to India, and I realized that. <laughs> I assume that all men are just farting all the time, okay. like 100% of the time. So if I'm following like behind a man when I'm walking, you're I create going distance. through their farts. So you yeah, don't. yeah, not and it's not like I feel like I I'm very obviously crop dusted often because that does happen, but <laughs> it's not fair, like constant. You are you like <laughs> I have an aura. you kind of attract people who want to <laughs> crop, dust, crop dust. Like you are fairly tall though. Yeah, so, so I wouldn't you, be in the particular like, zone. That's true. Rise above. Yeah, <laughs> you rise up. But I just have this. So like specifically, I didn't realize I was doing it, but I had to kind of like squeeze behind somebody when I was walking. It was a guy and I did it and I held my breath. (laughs) And it's because I assumed he was just like, there's just one continuous fart that's coming out of every single man's butt all the time. I honestly like, I think that's plausible. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I I don't think you're wrong. I think you'd probably be right more times than you're wrong. Yeah, when you're because like I know like I know like Brandon's not farting all the time. I'm around him constantly, you know, pretty consistently. But that's why you're married to him. Yeah, and not these other loose buttholes running around. (laughs) Loose butthole men just (laughs) flapping it out. Hot. Yeah, I was thinking about it because. You know, women, I think women a lot of times have similar opinions about things, especially related to men, because we experience 
min. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I don't think I've ever vocalized that before that I just assume that all men in, in that exist are just one long fart all the time. I, I, yeah. Like a ghastly kind of. I think it's of. true, yeah. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> like you wouldn't. <laughs> I hated that. Like a balloon. Ooh, I hated that. Yeah, but that. not as high it's, as I'm a gonna balloon. I'm going to just pull this away from my no, mouth you're fine. a little. Uh, Whitney, I was in a bad mood yesterday and we went to Target and I made a purchase that I have to oh, give you yeah. because I can't sit like this any okay, longer. Let me see. Oh God, where is oh where is it it's coming in from? Her butt. Oh She's my god, it's coming it out, out of her out pants. Of her butt. <laughs> no. Oh my god. It's already thirty percent off. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I'm gonna have to read it now. I, I keep, know. This is Prince Harry's book. Spare. <laughs> I mean, it's do, got some good butt does it juice have, on it yeah, too. Is the marked out portions about, I keep also hearing that TikTok sound about him talking about his, his penis. penis. Yeah. What? It's like my penis was going from hypersensitive to like, it was. Oh, when yeah. he had his frostbitten wiener. I don't remember. I don't remember if it's a frostbitten wiener or when he talks about losing his virginity behind a bar. <laughs> the, I've, I've, is that what he said? Yes, I only know because I listened to the Celebrity Memoir Book Club episode right. on it that they got out the day after the book came out or something. Bless mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, they must have gotten it early. No, they did a TikTok about how they like went to the Barnes & Noble when it opened at 6 o'clock in the morning. Of went course. Home, read it. <laughs> it's Made long. notes about it, recorded it, right. edited it, and it was like 48 hours. It is long. Look how, who, look how thick yeah, book is. Who Weekly is going to do it, too. Yeah. They've been talking on their for Patreon. their Patreon, and I haven't done a read-along with them, so maybe maybe this is a sign the kind from of, Gad and from Lisa. I am God. She is yeah. God. The, the kind of consensus that they had is it's like, he's just a kind of a dumb dummy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, okay, During that this time, I was living in Shropshire with Willie, who was also training to become a pilot. He'd found a cottage 10 minutes from the base. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, here we go. I like that he had a friend named Willie. Yeah. That's nice. That, yeah. That's, That's nice. That, I'm glad and he had a friend. I mean, that just seems very British of him to have a friend named In Willie. Shropshire? And it's Willie with a Y, not I.E. I. E. like Willie Nelson. Nelson. Mm-hmm. Captain of my soul, part three. Oh. <laughs> I guess that's Megan. Damn. I just don't understand how you remember so much about your life. Yeah, I don't remember shit. Most of his life was documented. That's a good point. True, yeah. true, true, true. Look well, so are ours when you think about day. like Facebook. Like you have, you know, points. Could kind of figure out yeah. certain things, but... I don't want to. I check anyway. my Facebook memories every once in a while. Uh, Thank you, Lisa, for my happy gift. spare day. Spare day. <laughs> Haley's technically the spare in this situation. That's fine. I know, but I, I wanted to punish you with the burden of reading. <laughs> I'm going to have to read it. And then she's going to have to hold all that knowledge in the head for the rest of her life. <laughs> I know too. so much about Prince Harry, Harry. because I hate British. People. I know it <laughs> had layers. It had layers. Really does. It's CJ was like, "You're that's that's a thirty dollar joke." I was like, "It's thirty percent off, <laughs> and it's only twenty five dollars, so it's nineteen. It's a nineteen dollar <laughs> joke." This was all. In I like it. It's a pretty I, cheap I mean, joke. I feel like thirty dollar yeah. joke. How much is fucking CJ spent on bits? Yeah, oh, come I, on. We weren't gonna go toe no. to yeah. toe. <laughs> Absolutely not. And you're like, take out all the Legos then. Take out the Legos from the cart. Um, he didn't even go down the aisle. I think he was depressed. I think he's also probably 
in a upper echelon of Lego purchasers who like wants a specific one that you have to order offline. I don't Sometimes. know. I feel like John's like that with elect. It's like I could never buy him anything that he actually wants, right? Because he already knows specifically exactly what it is. And if I try to buy it, I'm going to be like, well, this one's in a cool color. And it's like the wrong brand and the wrong. Yeah. I'm mm. just not good. I can't buy electronics, man. I'm not an electronic girl. I but- consider those boy jobs. Like when we have to buy like a new TV or something, mm-hmm. even though like AV is part of my job in real life. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not making this decision. I make Brandon do it. Same with like, which have, phones we're getting. Yeah. I'm oh. like, I just don't want to have to. I don't, I, I don't even know where this phone came from. These are all Lisa decisions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you're, the, you're, the, you're the boy. Sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes. I would still just have the same TV that our stepmom. Remember Rebecca bought those TVs? She got like a good deal on these TVs oh, in for the like, bar. In right? like no, it was like in I swear to God, it was like two thousand eight or two thousand nine okay. or something. And she was like, For Christmas, you can have one of these TVs or I'll give you like the gift card equivalent. And I was like, I'll take the TV because I'm literally never gonna buy myself it. I'll just watch it on my like laptop yeah. for school or something. Like I don't give a shit. And so I had that TV. That was our TV, me and Rebby. Like I've had it up until now and John's like, well, we need to, I mean, obviously he has giant TVs and like things yeah. about that stuff, but I would still have just a little shit TV. I hadn't, I don't think I ever bought a TV for myself cause I lived with roommates and it was somebody yeah. else's TV and then I lived with my parents and then I lived in a trailer, which yeah. is like, I just watched which everything. Just look on out the, the window. Yeah. You just sit on the porch and wait for the yeah. domestics to start happening at about 1230 <laughs> on Friday night, you know, Saturday morning. And then that's the show. You're safe on your porch couch with your core is light, and that's none of your business. But <laughs> you're listening. I'm going like this. But reading spare with your glasses close down. glasses down. Um, very classy. Do you like. want that pillow? What's going on, Lit? I that <laughs> I also bought. I changed back my bedspread because that Y'all orange one bed, was. Right? We got in. We got a different bed. The orange one is just like too heavy. So I switched it back and I had bought that pillow for the orange one to try and like brighten it up. And now it's like brand new. I don't know what to do with it. So it's on that chair and it looks stupid. I'll take it. Whatever. It's yours. Thank you. A gift. Mm -hmm. Speaking of dropping eaves on domestics, not to take it away from the pillow. Yeah. I just went to Michael's crafts and supplies. Um, to get some yarn and there was a woman on the phone who just had zero fucks to give about who was hearing her and I was Fantastic. like I, I want to follow this woman around mm-hmm. but then I could tell she walked away because I was following her around <laughs> um but she was like well you know what they say every hoarder has a path <laughs> and I was like what are we like a wild but that's about? true you know Wait. they do have paths like do you mean like like metaphorically or like physically I think or it sounded both? is it poetic both oh wow because yeah, she was saying both. like i don't know why she won't leave that house like there she's in jo- justin's room 
And I'm like, get don't out get out of room. Justin's room. And she's like, you know, every hoarder has a path. And I was like, oh my God, tell me everything. And yeah. then she was like, yeah, no, it sounds like you're doing everything to get her out of your house. And you need to get her out of your house. And I was like, you do. I'll come help. Yeah, I feel bad for whoever she's everyone talking involved, to. Quite literally everyone involved. But I, like, I would love to be it. her, though, listening to this and being like, yeah, yeah hearing about apparently this. Because I can person. pretend like I'm watching a movie mm-hmm. in yeah. this re- real moment. Yeah, you, it's where you're sick. Um, but she's also, like you're saying, not exactly giving I mean, hushed shit. tones yeah. about any of this. You're never going to figure out who that person is either. So, like, who fucking cares? Be juicy and uh, Michaels. Go for it. Be juicy and Michaels. I was actually I was thinking about Hoarders the other day. Do you remember in the early 2000s there was a show with Niecy Nash called Clean Sweep? No. And it was about Niecy Nash coming into people's houses who were obviously hoarders and like cleaning their houses like do and renovating, it. but it was presented as like a renovation show and not a, this person has a severe mental illness sure. show. And I was thinking about that because I was like, was wow. Was she still on Reno 911? Probably. I it was assume. like, it would have been, it would have been like I was yeah. in high school. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking about, because then like maybe the next year the show Hoarders came out. Mm-hmm. And so it's the idea that they would come in and they'd be like, wow, it's really bad and gross in here. You should be this embarrassed. Is horrible. <laughs> and it's like, and it wasn't the like, um, I didn't think I ever saw any episodes that were like, there's six dead cats under this couch kind yep. of thing. But it was like, oh no, the, the, these people are hoarders. And then they would do the recap episode of like, where are they now? And they've all like yep, gone back to hoarding. Because well, yeah. they didn't like address the actual issue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Just that really is that like 2003 to 2007 really is like peak reality show i'll take it to 2011 real. yeah what 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 is included Jersey in those four shores years? peeking mm. peeking me here um and i i mean what are some of the other like john and kate plus eight went through mm-hmm. like 11 or I mean, 10 i still like america's next top model those yeah. early mm-hmm. like really not even just the early seasons like up through season seven or eight yeah is seven or eight god damn it it's good though it's so good i, I watched a uh, on youtube i watched like i watch a lot of um social commentary videos but they're all like pop culture related but they're deep dives and i watched a deep dive about uh, tiffany pollard mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. york from mm-hmm. flavor of love and it was God. like 45 minutes long mm-hmm. it was fantastic that sounds it was like so i want to watch that right i yeah. fucking love her it's this the creator is um her name is Naomi Cannibal. Okay. Yeah. She has a lot of really good it. videos that are deep We've dives been, in pop culture. Lisa and John and I have been watching a show called Farmer Finds a Wife. Oh. Um, because we saw a commercial for it. They're bringing it to the U.S. So the first season is coming in the U.S. In the US? No. Oh. In March is going to be season started one Started in Australia. It's Australia. We're watching. We started with the most recent season you could get, which is, I think, ten. season 10. It. I assume was filmed in 2019 because it aired in 2020 and Australia was really strict about COVID. Mm. So it is exactly what I think. It yes. Is. Okay. It's four farmers mm. in this one and they each get to like, I guess beforehand they pick from it's like a tender many, situation yeah. where women were submitting to be 
Like, I want to be with that guy. Yeah. So, and so they went through all of those women and they're like, I like these 10. Yeah. They get like a little, their own little horde and a then, stable. Yeah. They get their own harem. Then they, you know, like start eliminating as it goes on. Right. So when they eliminate them, do they just walk them out to the field and, and then shoot them? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They send them to the other farm. Yeah. But raised like that. Yeah. Last night, John was like, will you tell Lisa to turn on the next episode so she can watch it and we'll watch it at home and we'll be all caught up together? Because <laughs> we won't watch it without you now. So Aww. it's what's, been what we've done the past two Fridays. So what's kind of the draw of it? It's just it's dumb. weird. And it's weird. And all, all the women, of, you know. Are the guys like cute? Some of them. Yeah. But they're all kind of, you know, like. Dopey. They're a little dopey, but they're also very uh, not emotionally open. They're all dressed like it's 2010. Yeah. Mm. It's all very dated, but it's because it's, it's Australia. It's cute though. Yeah. And farmers. And they're farmers. So are the like, ladies coming in also farm adjacent? Or they're some like, of I'm them. a city girl. A few some of them, of them. But there's this like one older dude who's probably in his mid late 40s he got a red face he's he he like all of his women looked exactly the same and he has a his uh, his wife passed away but he had been remarried they didn't let that out because she died 20 years ago and then we find out later that he's been remarried and divorced and had three kids with that other person so i thought he was just a widower full goddamn yeah i thought he was a widower for 20 years and i was like that's sad well that's the storyline they probably want to give but um all of his women are like you know late 30s mid 40s meet mid 40s bleach blonde Mm-hmm. And like women sized. It, when you go to a karaoke age, bar, like, these are the ones that are always there. Okay. Yep. I worked at a karaoke bar, mm-hmm. so like, well, but they're all Australian, mm-hmm. so it's even dif- differenter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we found out that they all look like both of his ex-wives. Yeah, it's wow. true. His we ex-wives. He, he really. Has he really a type. does. I feel like it's. I don't know. When people have a type, I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily creepy. I think that they're just not very creative. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Which tracks. And then there's this other one and one of the women in his stable, uh, she like, she's like, I'm just shy, but she won't talk to any of the other women. And she keeps like excusing her, like she excused herself from dinner and just Mm -hmm. didn't come back. And he's like, like, how am I supposed to get to know you? I was, we were talking about it. I was like, if this girl had been around me and Haley, like if we were in the same group, like we would have, you would have hated that girl. Like you, it's that type of. She would have caught hands already. Yeah. She comes off like. And she did leave. She leaves and then she comes back and like, she's just. Because she's like above it or is it like a. No, she's just a little wimpy Okay. A little overstimulated, maybe a little neurodivergent. I don't know. Situation. She's, she's just. A I bitch. can go with neurodivergent a little. Yeah. But she. As an adult, I would not. She also that. comes off just like a bench. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, farmer finds a wife. Farmer, farmer finds, finds a wife. wife. I'm excited for this American one. I don't I know. Too. The American version of that is probably going to get pretty fucking dark. Yeah. 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 Do Wait. you have Hulu? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay, well, it's about time to get a, okay. subs- get a little trial I'll wait, going. I'll wait for the trial. entire season to drop, and then yeah. I'll watch all the episodes during the trial. Good idea. Mm. Uh, well, welcome to Weird Brunch. Bienvenidos a Miami. And to Miami. 
Because we're broadcasting from Miami. We are not. We're in my living room. It has my some Miami sunroom. vibes. It, it has tile floors. Yeah, it we has like plants. Golden yeah. Girls fish. I just Thank did you. a shit ton of cocaine in the bathroom too. So that's good. Where'd you get it? Did you bring your own? Yeah, okay. it is a BYOC house. <laughs> yeah, usually, usually, unless yeah. it's a special occasion. No, Whitney is not a sharer. I do not share. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm Whitney Lamond. I'm Haley Lamond. I'm high on cocaine. <laughs> and Lisa's high. Uh, y'all, who wants to go? Who's got their shit together the most? I, I feel like I have my shit together. I feel like I today. have my shit together. Well, then you get to Look go at, first. You haven't gone first in a minute. So, okay, because so I go. never have my shit together. <laughs> it's shit fun. Together. It's like all that Lisa. Yeah, who knows? Oh, I showed up at one o'clock on the dot. She was. She got <laughs> the here. The fact that you were here before me, time. I was like, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Look at Lisa. Ready Michaels to go. didn't take us long. They set up self checkout, and I wanted to go and congratulate every worker that yeah. was there. Like, congratulations That's on this because I know that this which was Michaels, the one right on one eighty three. Yeah, yeah. Mm, anyway, by Sprouts. See, so uh, one, this story has everything for okay. the two of you. Perfect. It's uh, there's eating involved. Mm. There's pooping that. involved. Mm, I do that. And it's French. I am uh, French. We are French. Are we? No, we're, we're actually, Irish. We're Irish. Yeah. But we sound French. Our last name is French because yeah. of transitive property. Yeah. So, yeah, I nailed that. We got the intro. Um, we're going to talk about a man named Terrare. We don't know his last name. That, I think that can just be oh. mononymous. No, I do mononym- know this. Tarare. Um, as a child, Tarare had a big old appetite, like a big boy appetite. And then by his teens, he could eat a quarter of a cow. Raw? In one sitting? In one day. In a day. What part of the cow? Just pick a quarter. It's okay. a quarter calendar. Another thing to note that I should have noted, this is all in the late 18th century. Okay. So all right. All right. All right. All right, all right. We don't have a ton of details. Like a quarter of a cow, it weighed the same as he did at that time, which was about 100 pounds. So he was actually a pretty slight teen. Um, But he was forced to leave the home in his teens because his parents could not feed him enough. Kept eating all the cows. Yeah. Yeah. Like they would just throw a bunch of food on the floor and it wasn't enough. I don't know that they did that, but why not? So in his teens, he goes and he roams around with thieves and prostitutes and they're stealing and they're begging for food because, again, now he's just he needs Mm -hmm. food anywhere. And then he's employed as an opener for a traveling charlatan because he was employed because he was able to eat anything. He would open for this guy and he would eat corks and stones basketfuls of apples like just one at a time dropped right into his mouth an entire apple yes eat the Um, basket too he could oh my god he ate live animals don't like that and he really liked snake meat he was a big fan of snake meat i've had have you had snake before yes yeah i mean it's not something i would be like i'm a big fan of snake meat Mm. It sounds like a euphemism. Yeah. <laughs> it does. <laughs> uh, 
1788, he Terrari moves to Paris. He leaves this. I mean, this guy was like a snake oil salesman that he was opening for. He moves to Paris as a street performer, and he's pretty successful in general. I mean, like, that's a real, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm supposed to say freak show, but that's really what it is. There, There is one time, though, where he runs into some intestinal obstruction in the middle of his street performance. And so crowd members go and carry him multiple to a nearby hospital where he's treated with powerful laxatives, Whitney, Thank um, you. and he makes a full recovery. What are, so late 1800 laxatives? The, I can't even imagine. Like in powerful ones. Like what does that mean? Just straight like gasoline. Like yeah, salt right. water? Yeah, maybe yeah. salt water. Yeah, saline. He was actually slim and of normal height. Again, at 17, he weighed 100 pounds. He had unusually soft hair and an unusually wide mouth. His teeth were very stained, and he Ew. basically had no lips. So Me, my new boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> so he was got very soft French. hair, yeah, wide was... mouth, no lips. No lips. You're going to love it. Num, num, num. Mm-hmm. When he hadn't eaten, his skin would hang to where he could wrap the fold of skin from his abdomen around his waist as if it were a boat. Oh, so he would still, like, fully, like, bloat from a meal right mm-hmm. so he's a grower not a yeah. shower so he, well, he's showing something wrapping his skin everyone, around himself yeah, yeah he bragging his skin curtain so when he was full his he abdomen curtain. would distend like mm-hmm. a yeah. giant balloon yeah. but then it would just go right back down he's not absorbing any of his sagging around yeah. yeah uh the skin of his cheeks were loose and wrinkly and when stretched he could hold 12 eggs or apples in his mouth i well, need chicken. six dozen eggs I need six eggs. Right? Yes. I actually wrote that later. Right. (laughs) He was hot to the touch and sweat, just constantly sweating. Always meat sweats. He he smells very bad. Yeah. Well, everyone smelled bad back then, though. But But very bad. If people noted that he smelled bad. Yeah, it does smell pretty fucking bad. It was noted by a couple of people that in order to even be around him, you needed to be 20 paces away from him and the smell got worse after he had eaten so that was even before he ate you needed to be 20 paces away after he ate his eyes and because he was always farting probably too (laughs) yeah always fucking farting do you think he had like flappy skin on his butt so be like his butthole was worse Probably a little prolapsed. Yeah. Oh. Think about that. Like, how do you we'll, like Okay, we're going to get there. Nose. <laughs> we'll, pop, we'll get a little <laughs> bit there. <laughs> we're not going to get all the way okay. to where we're at <laughs> okay, now. Cool. We're going to bring it, bring okay, it back. We'll bring but it back. we'll get there. Yeah. After he ate, his eyes and cheeks were bloodshot. Bloodshot cheeks freaks me out. That's and like burst capillary. Yeah. In your cheeks. Rosacea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A. And this is noted in multiple places. Uh, a visible vapor would rise from his body. Oh, that's the farts. It's because his butthole couldn't take all the farts. So it just had to like diffuse out of, out, of out of him. Yeah. Yeah. He was lethargic after eating and would just be loud belching. And his jaws would make swallowing motions after he ate like. Oh god, Ew. the mouth noise that associated disgusting. with that is bad. We're gonna, I'm gonna bleep that out. <laughs> it's uh, so offensive. Pervy. It is disgusting. 
Stop it. Stop it. I'm not usually, I usually don't mind mouth noises that <laughs> I know, much. This but that's is pretty, fun. Well, it's also the full anyway. visual associated yeah. with it is pretty yeah. fucking bad. And yeah. you making eye contact with us when you do it mm-hmm. is just. He also had chronic diarrhea, Whitney. Same girl. And it was said to be fetid beyond all conception. What a word. Wait, what is fetid? Like just disgusting. Yeah. Smell like overtaking. It's a it's a word that should probably be used more. Yeah. Like because it's one of those words that encompasses a lot of things that now we're like it was stinky and no one liked it. Very like deep organic like material. it's in the air yeah fetid smell i'm surprised fetid beyond all word. conception f-e-t-i-d oh okay i was thinking like fetid like like feta like french no like a fet like a party and it's used in oh, english yeah. too like she's fetid oh like, turned like she's out. fancy mm-hmm. no this is the opposite of that fetid Read the definition of fetid real quick, because I now I want smelling extremely unpleasant. The fetid water of the marsh, yeah, or of his body, his marsh butt, chronic diarrhea, marsh butt. Yeah, he that said he didn't vomit any of like what he was eating, or appear to gain weight. Right. So he was just. And if it's diarrhea, that means he's digesting everything. Like it's not bloat and scrote. Okay. So there's no, that said, there's no apparent mental illness or unusual behavior aside from the eating. And then he was also like generally apathetic, like didn't. And, and if you're a smelly dude who's shitting all the time and can't get enough food, like why would you give a shit about anything? Yeah. yeah. I get it, sir. Yeah. There's a few other cases of similar behavior to Terare, but none of them were like really as focused on as his and there's no modern day cases that resemble it he was in the military for a while so upon the war of first coalition terrari joins the french revolutionary army right like late 18th century okay the military rations were not enough of course not and he would do stuff for soldiers in exchange for their rations and he would Oh no. Scavenge the dung heap for scraps. Oh my God. Still not enough. And so he's admitted to the military hospital for extreme exhaustion because he's like, I'm starving here. Mm -hmm. He was granted four times the rations in the hospital. Still not enough. He was, while he was in the hospital, he was scavenging in the garbage and gutters, refuse containers, eating scraps left behind by other patients and oh no he'd creep into the apothecary's room to eat the polstices was that like a polstice like oh nope like that had been removed the paws and shit Mm -hmm. oh god that oh no (laughs) yeah that that'll make you gag not him no 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 no. he loves it no Uh, i don't even know if he loves it this obviously seems not his choice really what does stink smell like? That's something people Googled. So he's eating poultices. The military hospital is still like, what the fuck with this dude? So they start doing experiments. One of them, they made a meal for 15 workers. And they typically would restrain Terrare if there was food around. And this time they didn't. And they were kind of like, okay, we're going to put it happens. on the table, see what happens. He ate all of it. He ate... um 
the entire meal, two meat pies, plates of grease and salt. It was war times. And four gallons of milk. No wonder he has diarrhea. And then he fell asleep. Another experiment presented him with a live cat. Oh, no. Can we just guess? Cat got away. Cat's okay. Probably still alive today. That's a good guess. (laughs) Earmuffs. Terrari tore the cat's abdomen open and drank its blood. He tore it open with his teeth and drank its blood, ate everything except for the bones. And then later, he this what the only thing on record that he vomited was the fur and skin oh he had a hairball right it made sense we learned some important science that day yes we did and then it was also said by somebody i don't know if it was a doctor or somebody but they said that dogs and cats would flee in terror like it was one of those where it's like oh we know someone's they died sense. in this house yeah. i'm sniffing around mm-hmm. oh that guy is psychotic i'm out of yeah. here yeah. not psychotic bad smell but he yeah very bad smell the hospital then offered up a variety of other animals snakes lizards poppers he swallowed a whole eel without chewing after he crushed the head with his teeth oh god it's very golem yeah. yes yeah and then several months, uh, he spent several months as an experiment, and the military dads were like, okay, well, you got to come back, though. <laughs> like, I don't know what weird vacation you're on, mm-hmm. but there's a war happening, and the doctor... I just can't see how he could be of use in war. That's what I was going to say. Also, the cost of having him, is he going to start eating the corpses? Is he going to start eating Eat the dead other soldiers? How, oh, sorry. How can he be useful? Mm-hmm. Tell us. The doctor was like, okay, but hear me out. Um, let's put a document in a wooden box, have him eat it. And then the document was found in the excrement two days later, still in the box. And now he's a military courier. So he's like a drug mule, but for information. Yes. Because he eats it and Correct. poops it out. Correct. He shows up at the Army of the Rhine. And he swallows a box. He's rewarded with a wheelbarrow of raw bull's lungs and liver, which he inhaled immediately in front of, like, the dads of the military group. I would be like, this is a demon. Like, I don't understand how. Even in, uh, yeah, today, I'd be like, there's, this is not, yeah, this is supernatural. Or he has, like, the world's biggest tapeworm. But you would be able to see it. You would, yeah. Yeah. So now he's employed as a spy for the Army of the Rhine. He's trusted that he can physically do it, but the... He can't be inconspicuous. But he's stinky. He eats oh. all the time. He has a wide mouth and thin lips. Every no lips. Soft stinky. hair. So the... Cur- soft hair, that's what it got. <laughs> you did get really serious yeah. about that soft hair. <laughs> But the colonel there, he didn't trust his mental state. I wonder why. And then, so he was reluctant to send super secrets, but he sent him in with something. And his first assignment is to get a letter to a French colonel who's imprisoned by the Prussians. And they told Terari, like, this is extremely important. Like, this is intel. And what it really was, was a, hey, if you get this, please let us know you got this. And I don't know anything you might know. Mm -hmm. That's what the letter was. And so Terari crosses the Prussian lines dressed as a German peasant. Um, Gross, stinky, Potentially, yes. But oops, he can't speak German. (laughs) Eh. 
So then the locals are like, there's this golem looking motherfucker who's eating not, all our cats. Yeah. And so he's strip searched and been lipped. His hair is so soft, though. Yeah. So soft. soft. Strip shirts, but they don't find anything. They don't find anything. He's beaten. He says nothing. And then after 24 hours of captivity, he caves and tells them the plan that he's taking part in. And so they chain him to a toilet. He's like, I've got really like intense shit going on in my body. Like oh, secrets. how like a werewolf you know, yes. to chain them up for the full <laughs> yeah, man. But they had to chain him to the toilet. So they chain him to the toilet and soon a box emerges and the Prussian commander is pissed off because they dug through this man's and diarrhea all shit. All it says is like... And all it's... Yeah, because he had been like, man, these are really into... Like, you're going to learn so much. And so they order him to hang because at that point it seems like a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's taken to the gallows. Uh, there's a noose around his neck, ready to go. And then the Prussian commander all of a sudden's like, you know what? No, let's get him off the scaffold. They beat the shit out of him again and they release him to France. I thought he was going to eat the noose. And they're like, this is the one way to get out of this. You figured it out. He yeah. ate through it. I mean, he can, kill him now. he can get out of almost anything at yeah. this point. He probably could have eaten that chain to the toilet. <laughs> Should have thought about it. Should have thought about it. Considered it. Terare has zero interest in going back to the military, obviously. So he goes to the hospital and he's like, do whatever you think you want to do to make me normal. Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's just experiment. So the treatments they tried were laudanum, mm-hmm. wine vinegar, tobacco pills. And then there were... They also tried large quantities of soft-boiled eggs, and that wouldn't suppress his appetite. That's where I wrote, I need six eggs. Mm-hmm. He ate all the eggs. We didn't even consider this. Mm-hmm. Efforts to keep him on a diet failed as he would sneak to scavenge outside butcher shops, alleys, rubbish heaps. He would fight stray dogs. He was also busted drinking from patients undergoing bloodletting. Oh, God. And attempting to eat bodies in the morgue. There we there go. It is. I knew it was coming. Some doctors wanted to put him in a lunatic asylum, but the main doctor, Percy, was like, no, we don't need to be doing that. And at some point, a 14-month-old disappears from the <gasps> hospital. Oh, no. And Terare was chased out of the hospital. For eating he a goddamn baby. <coughs> just... It was presumed. It was never proven. Four years later, the uh, main doctor at that military hospital, Percy, was contacted by a hospital in Versailles. And somebody, they were like, somebody here wants to see you. So he shows up and Terare is there. He's bedridden and weak. And he tells Percy he had swallowed a golden fork two years prior and believed it was lodged and causing his weakness. Okay. He wants Percy to go in and remove this fork, but Percy realizes that Terare has advanced tuberculosis. Mm. So a month later, Terare began experiencing, and I don't know how to say it, but I also never knew the word for it, exudative diarrhea, which includes blood and pus. Ew. Okay. So he has an infection. Got, yeah, got something yeah. going on inside. And then he died shortly after. A lot of times, um, people with Crohn's and IBS mm-hmm. will experience this. 
Like my brother. My, his corpse rotted quickly and surgeons refused to dissect it, but there was an autopsy performed by the doctor who called the other dog, blah, blah, blah. And his gullet was abnormally wide. When his jaws were open, you could see like a canal straight to his stomach. Holy shit. That's crazy. And it was very broad, obviously. He fit a lot of things in there. His body was filled with pus. His liver and gallbladder were abnormally large. His stomach was enormous and covered in ulcers. And there was no fork present. He passed the fork. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that is the story of Terare, the man who could eat anything. I just don't. That's true. Like, well documented, not like a yeah. legend kind of thing, right? Yeah, there's a lot of. Di- well, I mean, we, the military involvement. Yeah. It's like, that's all the very documented. Yeah. We did do it. Yeah. Like, long time ago, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. So, yeah, all this stuff I'd forgotten. But, um,. That's gross. Yeah. I thought we had done it before, Mm -hmm. but there's another one that he could eat anything and he was a street performer like for life. Like that was just his. And so I had to kind of one or the other. How old was he when he died? 27-ish. Yeah. I guess he didn't really make a long life. 1772 to 1770. No. Hold on. 1798. So 26. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could see a picture of him. Like, there's just a few drawings, but it's like not. I wonder what that guy's fucking face looked like if he had no lips. It just, just like teeth, giant mouth, like very creepy. Like the guy in the well, he's not in the regular versions of Lord of the Rings, but he is in Return of the King in the extended cut. He's the guy at the black gate. He's one of the, um, anyways, he ain't got no lips, but he got big teeth and yeah. he's like basically just a giant mouth on a body and he's gross. I feel very bad that we had done this before, but I appreciate no, no, no. the time. No, I Karina did it and I'm certain she did it better <laughs> or you did it. I don't it remember. I don't remember who did it, but it's good. I think we can also redo stories that are over a few years, years old because I forget them entirely. Yeah. I I redid one without us realizing it. Really? Brandon told me. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon's the only one who knows. Yeah. Bless. Bless Thanks. Brandon. Thank you, Brandy. Haley, you want to go next? I'll go because if mine is disorganized and bad and yours is better, then we can end on yours. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Pinhead. Pinhead is the pins in his head, though, but there is a Cenobite that's all just all teeth. Oh. There's also the girl that has like a vagina on her neck. Is it hot? No. She's pretty, like bald, pretty bald lady, but she's a Cenobite. I don't know what a Cenobite is. It's what Pinhead is. sounds delicious. Yeah. It's like a, you get them at the mall. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> I want one. Yeah. Like I would eat a Cenobite right now. How was that Lake Lake Mall yesterday? I saw your B-reel. Yeah. It was. Was it busy? The it was, last time oh my I God, went, it was so really busy. busy. I, well, I see all these TikToks of like dead malls and stuff. And it's just because those towns are dead too. Maybe. Well, but I've been, I... I've been to Lake Line Mall and it's been depressing. Mm-hmm. I still but the find last it time depressing. I went, it was pretty busy. I just but it was Christmas. I've seen malls get more traction over the last like kids going back few to years. the mall. Yeah. yeah, there were a lot of kids there. These kids don't have third places to go to. They have they have 
home and school. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the purpose of a mall. Yeah. And they were loud and annoying and all over the place. It's just how, how it, it is. is. Yeah. Um, and then there's all those kiosks in the middle and they always try to get mm-hmm. I always pretend like I'm on a phone call and I'm very mad at somebody. That's your go to move. <laughs> it's really good. Whitney has this experience when where were we going? We're going to an estate sale mm-hmm. and there were people that are the trying really aggressive money. where they had like the little pamphlet they're trying to give you. And I told Whitney I'm like just act like we're arguing with each other and we're really angry at each other and they walked right by us. Yeah. I did it with Brandon too. Nobody wants to yeah. interrupt that. I always just like stare out my window like I'm contemplating something terrible and they're like well, like she is today the day that i do this thing mm-hmm. and then they're like is she crazy or that see if these are jesus people they're, they're gonna be like that's the one there she is there we she could is. Get they're her. never actually jesus people. no that's the guys that they they put yeah. on it's a it's a it's a unhoused person mm. mlm see it is. it is i feel like the art arguing in the car is a good way to get away from that type of like aggressive or like panhandling or the windshield wiper people but like mine yeah when I'm walking somewhere and I don't have someone to argue with I just tell everybody that I already have what they're offering me yeah I'm like oh my god I'm already signed up for Greenpeace or Mm -hmm. oh my god I already have the nail thing that you're trying to sell me at the kiosk I bought it last time I was here thank you so much and then they're happy oh I don't know and because they think you're already doing it yeah and then you get to leave so like if like a an aggressive unhoused person comes and he's like give me five dollars she's like i already gave you five dollars <laughs> that's it oh that's fun go. is that how that's gonna work <laughs> yeah. try it out i haven't tried i'm it not gonna on, gaslight on someone like that yet you I literally haven't. just gaslight I people i have <laughs> said that Basically. to people because it i have given them money and they have asked me like yeah. two hours later Odds if i'm are, doing a show or something it'll work I'll be like i gave you money already and they're like oh okay i just get to the i try to don't even approach me kind of stuff and I think that's what I try to yeah. do yeah or if I'm yelling at the person on the phone imagine how I'm gonna yell at you mm-hmm. if you walk by I guess mm-hmm. <sighs> sorry anyway, sorry do your story in the late 1970s in Circleville Ohio residents of the town began receiving strange letters from an anonymous individual who seemed to know secrets about many of the town's <gasps> 14,000 residents are we the watchering no oh. but close Shortly after the letters began, a small town gossip being small town gossip turned into a campaign of psychological torment and murder question mark that lasted almost two decades. Local legend has it that on the morning um, in the morning nineteen seventy six, the residents of Circleville woke up to find mysterious letters in their mailboxes postmarked from nearby city of Columbus. These anonymous letters with no return address were filled with juicy gossip and scandalous secrets about the recipients' lives. Um, this is the plot of Bridgerton. Okay, I've never seen that show, so... Um, Specifically, school superintendent Gordon Massey's life was turned upside down when he received a mysterious letter at work. The letter, written in all caps and with broken syntax, accused Massey of infidelity and preying on female um, school bus drivers. The writer threatened... (laughs) The hottest of the school. (laughs) (laughs) Built like a bus driver, let me tell you. I mean, it's so much better than the children. <laughs> yeah, it's, it be is. happy it's the bus driver. It is. It's just literally the first time I have yeah. ever heard it's that. It's like he was aggressively going after bus drivers and lunch ladies. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, oh, good no. for them, I mean, honestly. If you go for C tier, like, you're going to get it. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
The writer threatened to reveal his actions to the school board and even mentioned cutting his brakes and slashing his tires if Massey did not stop. That sounds like a bus driver who knows what she's doing. (laughs) Yeah, she knows where the parts are. Gordy Massey didn't have much time to actually redeem himself after the first letter because the day after he received that letter, another one was sent to the school board accusing him of sexual harassment and urging them to fire him. The letter claimed that Massey, quote, picks the the weaker ones constantly and ended with a warning. I sure hope he does not upset my girl for his sake. Wait, Mm. that was the next day? Yeah. So he had less than 24 hours (laughs) to to clean up his mess. Yeah. Hmm. That's uh, so not fair. The, yeah. So the school board wasn't about to fire a senior official based off like a random letter that they wrote. I mean, I bet he was Believe dick. all letters. Yeah. I believe. I believe. believe this. If you get a letter, if they took the time to sit down, write you in all caps the best they could, mm-hmm. believe it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What? I take it seriously. I know every time that you get a threatening letter in the mail. I mean, I guess how else are you going to be threatened in the the 1970s? True. We've had several threatening letter centered um, stories. You had that one about the girl who they decided it was a suicide when she had been being stalked for Mm -hmm. a long time. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, Kaczynski, lots of letters. Mm -hmm. What's the uh, Zodiac killer? Mm -hmm. Letters. Loves a letter. Mm -hmm. Okay. BTK. BTK. Yeah. So because the letter writer was not getting what he wanted or he or she wanted out of this situation, they changed tactics. And on March 18th, the school vice principal received a letter claiming the writer would soon send evidence of un- the uneth- an unethical affair. This time, the writer singled out one female bus driver and the letter ended with a threat. I want to protect your school. It has a good reputation. You should keep it like that. I shall send you proof about bus driver number 62917. Okay. <laughs> she has a ch- she has children in school there now. I shall prove this shortly. I expect him then to be discharged, Massey. Um, you'll see that I am telling the truth. At the same time, <clears throat> as these letters were coming to Massey, Mary Galepsi, a married mother of two, two and school bus driver, became the target of the mysterious Circleville letter writer. So now he's going after, or they're going after bus drivers now? These the, women who have been through it? This <laughs> Could you imagine? like underground bus driver like situation. Like drama. We yeah. created a Zanga in my high school days mm-hmm. that was just gossip about the school. Mm-hmm. I didn't create Slam it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This is that, right? We'll mm-hmm. see. The writer began sending <clears throat> Mary letters saying that she knew she was having an affair with Massey and demanding that she end it. The letters implied that the writer was actively stalking her and her family and became increasingly frequent and vicious. Despite the dangers, Mary keep the letters to herself. She thought it was just like a random crazy the prank kind of thing she was like i'm not dealing with this this is stupid that was until the letter writer started sending letters to ron gillespie her husband mary's husband now ron's involved now ron's involved mary's husband informing him of mary's um, alleged infidelity and warning that if he didn't confront her about it his life would be in danger so ron of course was like mary what the fuck and she's like i'm not having an affair i've been getting these letters too just ignore it. It'll eventually go away. It's it's just a prank. I don't know what's going on, but I'm not having an affair. Can't be so ignoring they're getting these punked by Ashton Kutcher. Oh my god, <laughs> Ashton Kutcher as a baby. Yeah, he yeah. was born to punk. Oh my mm-hmm. god. 
But two weeks later, the writer sent another letter, this time with more specific details, including the type of truck Ron drove and a threat to broadcast the alleged affair on billboards and signs. These are all still coming from Columbus? Yes. Okay. This letter also recruited a return address, which turned out to be the address of the school superintendent, Gordon Massey, as basically Mm. as a, you know, Mm -hmm. like a fuck you kind of thing. About this time, the Gillespies held a meeting with close family members, specifically Karen, who was Ron's sister, and her husband, Paul Freshour. So Karen and Paul Freshour to discuss their next steps in dealing with the mysterious letter writing. Because they still hadn't called the cops or anything like that because they just didn't. Nothing's technically happened. I don't think they had like stocking yeah, laws and back, back then. then. No, not no. at all. Well, yeah, the cops would just show up and be like, they ran away. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's a <laughs> runaway. This is just a letter. Um, we're talking about Chill a letter. Mm, they ran away. They ran away. Sorry. Uh, okay. They were a sex worker and they ran away. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got, um, okay. Kids do this. Let's yeah. do this. It's a letter. They turn yeah, into sluts. Do this. They run away. They ran away. They came up with a list of suspects with the main suspect being a fellow bus driver named David Longberry, <laughs> who had made a pass at Mary the previous year, which she turned down because she's like, I'm married. What is the bus driver life like? It's like band kid life, right? They're yeah. all just fucking. What year is this again? 77. Okay. The family believed that Longberry, feeling rejected by Mary, had begun to harass the couple and referred to multiple women as my girl, suggesting he saw them as protective mm. over the other female bus drivers. Do you think the reason she really turned him down was because she didn't want to be named Mary Longberry? Long I was just thinking. <laughs> I think that's pretty valid. I mean, Mary Berry is an icon, though. Yeah. So yeah, but then Mary you're putting Long, Long in is there. Different. Who yeah. is that for? So the family then found Longberry's address and sent him threatening letters, warning him to stop the harassment, or they they were going to go to the police. Um, and after a few days with no new letters, the family were like cool we solved Maybe it that's him yeah Maybe it is him it okay. was short Barry <laughs> the whole short time Barry, the whole mm-hmm. time so um after a few weeks of peace Mary and Ron thought the ordeal was over but one day Ron spotted a sign by the road with the same scrawled handwriting accusing Gordon Massey of something gross and awful with Gillespie's 12 year old daughter Oh. Yeah, I don't want to say it's gross. More signs began popping up around town, mostly along Mary's bus routes. Rumors quickly spread, and th- like Ron really took a lot of the stress. He started getting up in the morning, like early in the morning, to go and find all these signs, signs. to like throw out before his wife or daughter. It, wait, it was accusing awful. Ron of doing something with his daughter. No, it was res- it was accusing Gordon, who allegedly Mary was having the affair with, with the also principal. having mm-hmm. having an affair with the 12-year-old. Right. And then other stuff, just basically calling Mary a whore and all this kind of stuff. So it was, it was over an extended period of time and mm-hmm. bunches of signs. Ron. Yeah. I feel bad for Ron. So on Friday, August 19th of 1977, I'm pretty sure, Mary Gillespie and her sister-in-law decided to take a trip to Florida to escape the stress caused by the letters. Um, While Mary was out of town, Ron was home alone with their daughter, Tracy, who was the 12-year-old. And in the evening, he received a phone call, which Tracy overheard him shouting at whoever was on the other line. And after hanging up, Ron grabbed his gun, kissed his daughter goodbye, and left to handle this once and for all, he said. He was... straight up said that he was going to go confront the the letter writer is ron the letter writer (laughs) (laughs) he he got in his truck and drove off down the countryside and a short time later about 15 to 20 minutes later uh, the wreck of his 1971 (laughs) ford was found crashed into a tree it appeared that ron had fired his handgun during the car ride they could tell that there was at least one one Mm -hmm. round had been fired off but there was no casing found and there's no bullet hole in the car and the coroner report 
showed that his BAC was 0.16, so twice oh. the legal limit, and the death was ruled an accident. However, Ron Gillespie's family believed that foul play was involved. They claimed that Ron was not a heavy drinker. His daughter did not indicate that he had been drinking that night or that she noticed that he was drunk. Yeah, but like, you got stuff hidden in the car in the 70s. Yeah, he also, I mean, he probably like put a bottle in there. Yeah. And if you're going with a shotgun to go confront someone, liquid courage on the way, I could see that. Yeah, and... I feel like especially if you're not a drinker I feel mm-hmm. like it's interesting because I, I I feel like I know sev- heard several true crime mm-hmm. stories about somebody drinking and that being the ultimate end to what happened mm-hmm. to them and their family being like oh they wouldn't do that like they don't they don't right. drink like I think about something's a matter with Aunt Diane yes that one and mm-hmm. I'm like you don't I don't think people who don't confront alcoholism their family don't realize how easy. people how easy it is to be an alcoholic mm-hmm. in that kind of way yeah. Um, and especially like Ron was going through a lot of stress in his life at this yeah. time. And that very much could have driven him to drink. And he could have just started drinking yeah, at week exactly. um, and had a bottle in his car. That same mm-hmm. thing. Cause you can get to point one six. Oh, it's like real, four drinks yeah. real quick. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's double the legal limit. Yes. I mean it is, but 0.08 is nothing. Like it's like two glasses cocktail. of wine. Yeah. yeah. So, so it is possible that Ron was driven to drink due to the stress from the letters um, and rumors about his wife's affair. He may set out in a rage to receive after receiving the phone call and accidentally crashed his car and then maybe like fired his gun out the window or he was loading it and he fired or it. He just shot it while he was driving out the window. Yeah. Like the case could have fell out works. the window. Yeah, Just because he didn't find it yeah. doesn't mean that it didn't happen in kind of an accident. However, there is the possibility that the death was not an accident. Some suspected a police cover up due to the bizarre circumstances. Some also believe that Ron knew about Mary's affair and that the person she was seeing was flying down to Florida, and so he was going to go confront them. There were also letters sent to people in the community accusing the sheriff of covering up for Mary and the superintendent and also of corruption in handling the case prior to involving the county coroner. There's just a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's very complicated. And this person, you know, they're sending letters kind of everywhere. And at this point, they've sent hundreds of letters. It's not like a couple dozen letters. Do they letters. still think it's that one guy? That they sent the like threatening no, letters back to? I don't think so. Okay. No, they've kind of diverted since then. Well, they the, never. So that's the thing is like he went to go confront the letter writer, but he didn't ever say right. to his daughter like, "This is the person yeah, who I'm going yeah, yeah. to go confront." Yeah. So, so they're sending hundreds of letters to hundreds of people with their own personal bullshit, or is it more like this principle really Mary. sucks? They're and talking Mary shit. Really sucks. They're talking shit mostly centered around Mary, Mary. and Massey and. Yeah, those Them. those two people. But they're also like as I, I don't go too far into it because it gets very complicated, but then they start sharing details saying the coroner is a pedophile and then also okay. the sheriff like impregnated this person and now that person ended up mysteriously dead. So they are just sending like accusatory mm-hmm. letters. And interestingly enough, a lot of them end up being true. Is there a documentary about this? Oh yeah, there's a. It's so there's called Gossip Girl. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's one article that I read where they referred to it as, as like Gossip Small Girl. Town Gossip Girl. Yeah, it, there's like a 48 Hours. There's an Unsolved Mysteries. There's all this kind of stuff. I'll actually get to that in a second. So Mary continued to receive these vulgar, vulgar letters even after her husband died. In 1983, while driving her bus route with a group of teenagers, Mary spotted a sign on the side of the road being even more grotesque 
accusing Massey of being a pedophile and abusing her daughter. So fucked. Yeah. And, you know, Ron's not there to go to try to take that mm-hmm. sign down yeah. anymore. So outraged, Mary stopped, got out of the bus, removed the sign, like grabbed it and picked it up and discovered that there was like a box attached to it. And she's like, that's weird. So she took it home and opened it up and it was a gun rigged with a piece of twine <gasps> that if she would have pulled it from the other it side, it would have shot, shot her? her. Yeah. Yep. That's why you, and, and look, acab.biz, but like, that's why you take that kind of shit somewhere else. So, And that's the point where Mary reported that to the police. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And obviously the police had already known yeah, that was this was happening say. just because there was so much. Yeah. But that's all the signs. That's a new level. Yeah. And, yeah. This has gone from just harassment. That's attempted murder. Yeah, exactly. So this is clearly not Ron. I'd like to retract yeah. my previous. Yeah. He's I dead. feel bad for Ron. Yeah. Poor Ron. Guy. So Mary reported it. The cops came and picked it up and they saw that the culprit had tried to scrub the serial number off of it. But they didn't do a great job of it. (laughs) So they were able to pull the serial number. And then they realized that the handgun in the box was um, registered to Paul Freshour, Mary's own (gasps) brother-in-law. They had the brain trust with about how are we going to handle this with Karen and Paul. So Paul married into the family through Ron Gillespie's sister, Karen. Her her name is Karen Sue. So sometimes people call her Sue. Mm -hmm. But just Karen However, their marriage had been on the rocks for a few years and the two separated and Mary allowed Karen to move into a trailer on Mary's property before the booby trap sign accident incident, not accident, very intentional. Mary told the police she wasn't particularly close with Paul and that her deceased husband was friendly with him, but not really much more than that. Mm-hmm. Paul Freshour um, was arrested and charged with attempted murder after police discovered that the gun using the booby trap incident was registered to him. He admitted that it was his gun, but he said that he, it had been stolen or he, you know, he had it. It was, and he was like, I haven't seen it in forever. Right. I don't know where it is. I'm going through this divorce. Half my stuff is at Karen's house. Like, I don't fucking know. And he actually expected that his son had stolen it. His son, Mark, when Karen and Paul were getting a divorce, they had several kids together and Mark very much kind of like chose to be Karen's, son as opposed to mm-hmm. paul's son basically because karen was like you're either my son and you're not that's oh. it yeah oh yeah and the police came to karen's where she was staying she was a real karen about yeah that. Mm-hmm. karen and they were like and they you know started asking her about the letter writing thing and she was like oh yeah that's that's paul and she's like this is happening to your ex-sister-in-law what are you talking about she's like well I found some letters in the trash that he had like torn up and I <gasps> couldn't really figure out what it was, but that I did Rewritten see, <laughs> but I did see, you know, Gillespie mentioned and like, so it was probably him. And they're like, well, do you have them? She's like, no, I threw them away. Cause like I, it freaked me out. And I didn't know what to do. And they're like, okay. Anyways. So it goes to trial. The letters aren't really supposed to be a part of it. Cause it's not about the letters. It's about this attempted murder case. Mm-hmm. Right. He admitted that it was his gun said that it was probably stolen. I don't know if he said in court that he thought his son stole it because I don't think he would throw his son under the bus like that. Right. He had an alibi for most of the day because (laughs) he had an alibi, but his thing is that he called out for work that day. And he's like, I don't know. The reason why I called out for work is I was having work done on my house. So I was home, but there was no like corroboration to that. Like, yes, work was happening, but you can't account for the entire Mm -hmm. time. So if work's going on in your house, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to be there. Um, and they also did a handwriting test by the sheriff, which was done very strangely. So usually when you do a handwriting test, you 
write like common phrases, certain words that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, Gillespie. Yeah. Mary. Stuff like that. Numbers. Bus. What, what they did is they gave him a copy of one of the letters and said, write this. And so he like <laughs> co- copied <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, that's very stupid. And so, and that was admissible in court for yeah. some reason. So it was the 70s. It was the 70s. Who knows? So Paul Freshour was found guilty for attempted murder of Mary Gillespie and was sentenced to the maximum of 7 to 25 in prison. I don't like that. Mm-mm. The prosecution presented handwritten evidence and a wealth of circumstantial evidence linking him to the crime. Despite having a having an alibi, Paul did not defend himself in court, and his defensive case was weak. And he didn't, you know, he didn't go up, so he get mm-hmm. cross-examined or anything like that. So not great. A lot of circumstantial evidence, but circumstantial evidence isn't inadmissible. Like there's plenty of cases that have right. valid. Yeah, but it evidence. also shouldn't get maximum. I don't know. I mean, but if it's seven to twenty-five. That's a long With time. good behavior. I agree. I mean, if you're innocent, you shouldn't. You, but. you also have to think that it's so he got convicted of attempted murder, but he is also by society convicted of being the Circleville letter yeah. writer, mm-hmm. which is then a stigma he's going also, to continue forever. Sure. I feel like it would have been attempted manslaughter, but that's fine. I don't know. Is attempted, know. but manslaughter implies that, that you, didn't you didn't attempt it. it. Yeah, there was no intent. Yeah. I mean, so, what is the intent against that one person? You can in, you can get manslaughter when you would intend to harm somebody. You just it that's what like crimes of passion are. Like you're not right. in your right heads. You can get manslaughter because you wanted to kill your wife and you did. So okay, anyways. With the Circleville letter writer safely behind bars, you think that his campaign of terror would come to an end. However, this wasn't the case. In fact, quite the opposite happened. Over the mid to late 80s, Southern Ohio was bombarded with piles and piles of letters from the mystery It's almost like someone had more time mm-hmm. on their hands. Even, I'm picking up on something here. <laughs> Even stranger, the letters were all still postmarked from Columbus while Paul, Paul was incarcerated in Lima, which is about 90 minutes away from Columbus. Peru? Yep. Oh it might be God. Lima, I L I M A. It Lima. probably is. It's America. It's like how we call it Buda. Versailles. Yeah. <laughs> the prison authorities put him on a mail ban. They stopped the flow of letters. They put him on a pen and paper ban and they put him in solitary. And this did absolutely Fuck nothing. That. Still Poor the, Paul. Yeah, still the envelopes turned up at newspaper schools, homes, public offices around the area. Not even locking up Paul in solitary confinement could stop them. Eventually, the prison warden himself decided that it was physically impossible for Paul to be behind it. Whoever was to blame was very busy. Over a thousand new letters were reported across the state over the following years. Hmm. Um, was it his kid? They targeted well over a hundred people in this campaign of threats and intimidation from school teachers to city officials. All of this surely proves once and for all that Paul wasn't behind the crimes. However, the authorities saw some things differently. Paul came up for parole in 1990, but his case was turned down due to the ongoing campaign of hate mail around the no. country. A county. <sighs> This is making me angry. Yeah. Hate mail that he was literally incapable of sending. I hate feeling this way for a dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's fine. Um, Paul probably wasn't that great of a guy. Yeah. Like, is Karen it, still on Mary's property? That's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying too. Was it Karen? So, because she would have we'll had get access there. to everything. Yeah. The letter writer even sent a message directly to Paul in prison, taunting him for missing, for being in prison. Fuck. And he said, Now, when are you going to believe that you aren't getting out of there? I told you two years ago, we set them up, they stay set up. Don't you listen at all. Either this letter was meant to imply that 
Paul and the letter writer were working together. Mm-hmm. That's dirty. Yeah. Or that they intentionally, we as in the, you know, collective, we set him up mm, to right, get caught. Right. Um, but the skull and bone society. Yeah. Yeah. But pretty of much letters. all of the experts, doesn't matter what side of kind of they see the ultimate conclusion to this to be, all think that one person had to be writing these letters. Mm-hmm. The handwriting was too... Too blocky and specific. Yeah. And like there were copycats and stuff, but... The, the ones that were determined to be this letter writers were pretty obvious. So Fresh Hour was paroled in 1994 and continued to insist that he had nothing to do with it. He like, what was his motivation to do so? One theory is that he felt he was demonstrating loyalty as to his wife, Karen, whose brother Ron may have known about Mary's affair. So this was him trying to help his wife because his brother-in-law was being screwed over by this affair. Mary, and so like Mary like denied the affair and everything. She did eventually say that her and Massey were having an affair, Mm -hmm. but after the letters already started being written to them. They were like, maybe we should try this out. I mean, if they're already talking shit. It seems like a weird thing to lie about at that point. I bet, I don't know. I bet they were having an affair. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Not that that justifies any of the things that were but happening. But the idea but it of being sounds like, so personal to yes. whoever the letter writer is. Yeah. Well, the way that it's initially kind of set up, so going so hard after like M- M- Massey, it was like, are you trying to discredit Massey? Is what's your end goal? Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's really hard to sort. So I would have been like, here's a box, here's this gun, rig it up. Yeah. <laughs> See how it goes. Because who did that? Yeah. So Some smart person. Maybe because it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't. Well, but she didn't she grab it, it away. It sounds like a woman did it. So mm-hmm. there. So there is this theory that that Paul was doing this in defense of of Karen on behalf on of behalf Ron. of Ron. Yeah. yeah. But Fresh Hour's marriage seems strained around this time. Divorce filings in Columbus included allegations made by Karen that Paul was physically abusive and prone to a violent temper. Maybe Karen, spiteful over the divorce that ended with Paul receiving custody of the kids, wanted to frame him. He got custody of the kids. He got custody of After the kids. After she tried to divorce the, the kids. That makes me think that Karen is psycho. Though it's not clear why she would risk killing Mary Gillespie and going off. Like, it's all very. She loves her brother. I guess. Her last name's not Gillespie. Huh? Mary's last name? Mary Gillespie. Yeah. I thought the superintendent was Gillespie. That, that's Massey. 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 Okay, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. Yep. I can do a character list if you want e- me to. E- so it's Ron and Mary Gillespie. I got it. I got it. Dead. Ron. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, Gordon Massey, Massey. who is the superintendent, who's now kind of like not in the picture anymore. And then you've got uh, Ron or Paul and and Karen uh, of Fresh Hour. Karen is Ron's sister. Yes. Good job. You have good hearing. It's not reading comprehension. It's listening comprehension. Yeah. There was one lead that police were criticized for falling for failing to follow up on. According to another bus driver working the day that Mary discovered the booby trap, a yellow El Camino was parked at an intersection and a man with shaggy blonde hair who looked nothing like fresh hour Mm -hmm. um, was standing nearing standing nearby where that sign was eventually placed, like pretending to like piss. Wasn't Mm -hmm. that just the (laughs) seventies? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I get it. Just a man peeing on the side of the road mm-hmm. next to his El Camino. Yeah. yeah. And that man was never identified. However, Karen had a boyfriend who looked like that. 
Okay. <laughs> and I was going to say. Uh, drove did he an El Camino. Drive he did. El Camino? He did. Uh, the cops never followed up on that, though. Mm. Also, so Mark, who was Ron's kid, mm-hmm. um, yes. who decided to be. Was forced to decide. Yeah, to- Karen's kid, who was suspected of stealing the gun, always had this kind of strained relationship with his father okay, after wait, the point. Wait, wait. <laughs> Mark was Ron's kid? No, no. sorry. Okay. Mark was Paul's, Paul's kid. kid. Ron Paul. From a different marriage? No, no, no. no. His kid. Okay, so it, Ron, Mark is Paul Paul's and Karen's biological son. son. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. And in the divorce, he went with he Karen. He was like, I'm going with Mark. Mark so and- there were other kids that he got custody of then, huh? Weren't there three kids? Yes. Total? Okay. Yes. Anyways, sorry. Mark ended up killing himself when he was 39, um, and there is some kind of insinuation that he was harboring a lot of guilt Mm -hmm. for something and that he potentially one of the theories is that him working with his mother karen on this whole weird conspiracy Mm -hmm. is the one who set up the gun in the box okay again just a it's just a theory yeah there's no real the kind of the only thing that really points to karen besides her being like i found these letters and didn't do anything about it Mm -hmm. and the somebody who looked like her boyfriend and the fact that she did it okay yeah i think it was karen okay. and she kind of manipulated the men are y'all just, men around are y'all just her being karen biased no but i am gonna be really Mm-mm. upset with myself when it's not karen okay so fresh hour he did end up getting out of prison and he died in 2012 no new evidence has come to light in the circle of letters case if it was fresh hour he certainly abandoned the practice of receiving once he got out of prison because the letters stopped once he got out of prison yeah because somebody was home all of a sudden now we had uh, oops there went all my free time <laughs> sure one another thing that happened is so unsolved mysteries came to circleville in the in like 94 93 or 94 to do a um piece about this and they got a letter after the fact like after they had already this is filmed where I've it heard of this. and they were like they said like forget about circleville <laughs> get out don't come down here y'all gonna be y'all are oh, gonna be no. in so much trouble and they're like we're literally airing this tomorrow we're <laughs> fucking unsolved mysteries so, dude so most of the people in the community like participated in this um except mary was like i'm i don't want to deal with this anymore and i don't fair. blame her and then the sheriff was like i'm not dealing with this which again i can I mean, understand why have to. yeah but he wasn't going to do any interviews and also karen did not want to participate um, guilty yeah and she actually there were the the building that they were interviewing at she sat across the street and took pictures of everybody who was going into interview oh did they get letters did they fucking get letters they did they they did get letters huh okay it's been karen this whole goddamn no i don't they didn't they didn't get letters because this would have been after he was out right oh you lied yeah sorry but she did she like why would you care that much kind of shit this kind of well, has nothing to do with you. Can't spell Karen without care. That's it. Not true. So in the case of the Circleville letter writer remains a mystery to this day. Despite the conviction of Paul Freshour from the attempted murder of Mary Gillespie and his subsequent imprisonment, the letters continued to be sent, suggesting that the real culprit is still at large. Though many theories have been proposed, including the possibility of a police cover-up, the true identity of the letter writer remains a mystery to this no, day. No, it doesn't. It was Karen. It was Karen. And she was just getting her son and her well, husband to do her bidding. Mm-hmm. 40, and her boyfriend. Yeah, and her boyfriend. 48 Hours did a piece on this, I think, maybe less 48 than... 48 Hours ago? 
less than two years ago. Mm, maybe I saw it there too. I'm, I think I've seen stuff you probably, about it, this. It's pretty, there's a lot of like true crimey pieces yeah. about it because it hits a lot of uh, interesting maybe topics. Maybe it's because they named their town Circleville. Yeah, it's kind of lame, right? It, it reminds me of Jimmy Neutron, or not Jimmy Neutron, um, the city yeah, of, of Townsville. Townsville. From Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, they're actually more famous because they have a pumpkin festival every year. <gasps> Let's go. Oh. Yeah. And leave letters behind. <laughs> But like Writing mean letters. about pumpkins. Yeah, I I'll just find some people okay. who live there. A couple other things about that story. I, I, there was a forty-eight hours episode that they did on this kind of recently, and they had a handwriting analysis person reanalyze the handwriting, mm-hmm. um, and they used like some of Paul's own letters that not the ones that the cops right. made him write. And she's like a hundred percent positive that it's Paul. Okay, like that. That's his handwriting. The other thing is that they found some fingerprints on some of the letters, like a handful of the mm-hmm. thousands of letters and they were Paul's fingerprints. Specifically, they found the some letters that got sent out while Paul was in prison. So, <sighs> right. But she was even saying like, well, if he touched those pieces of paper before he went in, that could right. be it. Yeah. But it's all very muddy and weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think it was Karen and Paul together doing something weird. Right. Because Karen was her brother. Probably too much. That's her weakness is that I she don't cares know. too much. <laughs> Get it? Yep. You know what I'm talking about? YKWIS. You know I like Maybe to say K- that to John sometimes and he hates Jill? it. He hates it. Well, tell your story, Winnie. Okay. It took me too long to get those letters in what YKWA. they mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> W-I-S. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. Let me cue this. Oh. oh. We have an audio portion. I already wired you the money. It should be coming from the bank. There's an issue with the bank overseas. Okay, well, that's a familiar. Yeah. Anna Delvey. You, you never. I don't, I don't know what you that never, is. I wired you the money. Huh. Well. Good news. There's a new Anna Delphi in town. Oh, I love that for us. And by in town, I mean in Vietnam. Oh, okay. International. Mm. Well, she's also mm. international. Mm. Very exciting. Okay. It's 2018. It's 2023. Yeah, wake up. Wait it is 2018. <laughs> a wedding is underway at a five-star hotel, and the bride is walking down the aisle dressed in a beautiful, puffy gown holding a bouquet father on her arm very traditional over the top shit right Mm. big wedding but all was not as it seemed though it's an extravagant affair with tons of people in attendance we're in hanoi vietnam's capital the man she's tenderly interlocked with isn't actually her father in fact he had never met her before that day fine Turns out this wedding was just another paid acting gig for him. He was a bit player who had a few minor television roles and he was hired by a company to come and act in this wedding as the dad. Along with him was an entire set of 300 friends and relatives that had been hired by the bride and recruited to participate in her wedding. Damn. After the wedding, she continues to reach out and rehire these people for different events as needed to keep up the charade of her 
having this family life and knowing all of these people, right? But it would be four years before the bride's identity started to unravel. So in 2018, when the weddings held, no one even thought like, oh, this is our, our son is marrying this great girl. She goes by Tina. Her name is Tina Young. It's spelled D-U-O-N-G, mm-hmm. but it's pronounced Young. I gotcha. Watch a video. <laughs> so beautiful young woman, loves luxury, loves clothing, showers everyone with gifts everywhere she goes, right? It's classic. She a Libra? I don't know if she's a Libra. She, mm-hmm. You could goog it. Everyone is like, yeah, she totally comes from money. Look at her. They had a silver Rolls Royce parked out in front of the hotel for her wedding. Like this bitch has money, right? She told a bunch of her acquaintances that her father was a government official, but she was also telling people he was just a businessman. No matter what the cover story was though, nobody really doubted her wealth because she was clearly presenting it to them. Her spending habits were very flippant. You know, she took a bunch of pictures. She was all over. She was like that it girl, right? She really isn't at all. Young's real name is Nin Tai. Van An. She's 27 year old. She was born in the poor remote town uh, or poor remote Bac Giang province, which is in northeastern Vietnam. In the last few months, she's fully blown up over there. It is exactly like Anna Delvey here. Uh, and everyone is like, holy shit, this girl is fucking crazy. And guess what? She is. She gave out expensive gifts, like I said, to everybody, lavish wealth, all this stuff. After years of grifting, though, her persona is being unraveled by more and more people coming out and saying that they defraud or she defrauded them. It was in September last year, so 2022, that Tina's deceit was thrust into national attention in a Facebook post by a woman named Na Lee. She was a cosmetics clinic owner, and she was also Tina's former sister-in-law. She is the one who came out. I tried to Google Translate her whole. She had like this huge Facebook post. I was about to say, was it an Instagram post? No, it was Facebook. Facebook, So I was able to copy it, it. Mm -hmm. and it really did not translate well Mm. enough for me to be able to like know what was going on also google has a character limit on their translation which was annoying it's 39 maybe if they wouldn't lay people off Mm. Mm. they could get those extra characters like it's very easy to just expand that but whatever in vietnam we have all kinds of fraud happening the program director at vin university's college of business and management in hanoi okay brad (laughs) yeah Uh, But Tina has gone on to an extent that has never been seen before. Groundbreaking. We love it. So iconic in Tina's or Tina's sister-in-law, ex-sister-in-law who made the Facebook post. She said that for that 2018 wedding, Tina had borrowed 17 billion dong, which is uh, 723,000 USD from the family. So Almost a million a lot dollars. Of money. Yeah, it's a shit ton of Three money. quarters of a million dollars a ton of from dong. that family. Lots of dong. So much. Following this Facebook post, other people uncovered that Tina had actually just married another guy 
in Da Lot, Southern Vietnam in March of 2021. And this was a little bit, it wasn't as huge. It was in the woods, but that's kind of her thing. So she like gets married girl. and then kind of just disappears and mm. takes whatever money. So she also, when she gets married, she always has a reason for not getting like an actual marriage certificate. Mm -hmm. It's more like the ceremony and then something weird is stopping her from being able to sign an actual marriage agreement, whatever My you want to call it. dad is wiring me the marriage agreement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right after she marries this guy in the woods in 2021, <laughs> right? I married him in the woods. She did. She, She's a twilight girly. Yeah, yeah, she takes it. about 100 million dong from him, which is $4,200 American. Not quite as much. But still a lot of money. fucking shitty. Yeah. The sister-in-law had claimed to have gathered more than 40 of Tina's victims who had lost an estimated combined total of 100 billion dong, which is $4.3 million. She didn't say who any of the other people were because she didn't want to disclose their information. Get fun. I assume... Also, it's very embarrassing. That's the thing about, you know, the swindlers. Like, no one wants to admit that you've yeah. been swindled. It's just interesting it's really to see how that shit scales. Because, like, so if I say I go into Facebook Marketplace and I get scammed out of, like, $30 because I was mm -hmm. like, I didn't read the description and I just was mm -hmm. dumb. I'm not going to tell anybody that I got scammed out of $30. But if you scale that to somebody who's a billionaire, they're mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to tell anybody that I... this woman that I married scammed me out of Don't. several million dollars because it's not worth it to me. Yeah. Like, my reputation is more important than me going. To like well, that's probably why it was his sister yeah. who is the one who's coming out and saying all this because yeah. she's also pissed because it's also their family's money. Yeah. Like it's not directly from him. So on top of those 40 alleged victims, there's another 14 coming from another person, like another semblance of people who have also been fraud defrauded by Tina, a guy named Newt. He's 38 years old. He's on a business trip. In February of 2021, she tells him that she's organizing a top secret meeting for her father, who is a senior intelligence official. Where is Newt from? Uh, also Vietnam. N-H-U-T okay. is how he spells it. Okay. When the meeting locates, so she's setting up this meeting for her secret intelligence dad, right? But the meeting location <laughs> is compromised and her plans fall through. And Tina's like, oh my God, please, Newt, will you please give me four million dong so I can get this, uh, get find another venue and like for this important meeting. That's $17,000. Newt then gets a message by a man claiming to be Tina's father who asks him for the money. By the time Newt finds out that this guy is fake and definitely just straight up Tina, he had already ended up giving her over a total of $1.5 billion, dong, which <gasps> is $63,800 USD. He's also admitted that to the police, so that's starting to get the police involved. During police investigations in October of 2022, Tina admitted to abusing people's trust and appropriating property. And the way they caught her in October was because she sold a self-driving car that she had actually rented in Ho Chi Minh. And she drove it 1,500 kilometers, which is a 26-hour drive, yeah. um, and sold it to somebody else 
for $450 million, about $19,000, and provided them with fake registration that she just printed from offline. In October also, Tina is released, released on bail. So Tina is a seasoned grifter, obviously, but she's not always successful. The guy that it turns out she might have actually fallen in love with, his name is Kiem Nguyen, but he goes by the nickname Callum. They had an extremely turbulent relationship that he talked about in a Facebook post also uh, detailing Tina's kind of scams. And Callum, so this is also from a Vice article. Callum tells Vice that despite being initially struck by Tina's attractive demeanor, he started, you know, kind of seeing the writing on the wall i don't know the cracks in the armor is that what the term is chink in the armor chink in the armor cracks in the the foundation he meets her in august of 2021 tina at that point was posing as the terminally ill daughter of a tycoon working for the canadian government (laughs) stop yep quote she was a girl she was a really cute girl with a kind voice she also appeared to be understanding said callum who is a coffee shop owner in Ho Chi Minh City. Quote, I believe that any man will fall for this ruse. They will feel sorry for her, and then they fall for her. As the pair embarks on a whirlwind romance, Callum can't shake off the apprehension that he's feeling about his girlfriend. So two weeks into them dating, she suddenly gets kidnapped Callum is freaking out and she's like oh no I've been kidnapped and just as suddenly as she's kidnapped she is rescued Hmm. and that's when Tina explains to him that her family often faced tons of threats even abductions because of their massive wealth this happens all the time all the time don't even inconvenient don't even be worried about it instead of that like making him be like oh my god that's so exciting he was like I don't know if I believe you know this is pretty sus I already feel smart Callum is a little more smart 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 smart, astute than the other guys he's not rich right He's not super, like, I think he's maybe upper middle class, like, above average. He owns his own coffee place in Ho Chi Minh City. I don't know if he has multiple ones. I agree. Yeah. But, yeah. So, she also keeps asking him for money to go shopping with, and he's really put off by that. And after the staged kidnapping, Callum is like, I'm going to break up with you. And when that happens, Tina fucking freaks out and does not take the breakup well. She bombards Callum with messages, phone calls, and suicide threats. And by the time, I guess she kind of tires herself out and Callum is like, I still am not going to be with you. Stay the fuck away from me. He had lost about $3,800 to her. So got out pretty good considering. The difference is that they do think that Tina had actually fallen in love with Callum and that's why she didn't grift him for as much. Yeah, wasn't going all the way after her. She wrote in a post, quote, I want to tell this whole society that I love you. Callum is the last person Tina loves. She wrote this in a moment of vulnerability. September 2022 on our Facebook page. They're still using Facebook? I mean, you know, 
Maybe that's what everyone uses I was about over to there. say Vietnam Facebook sounds like it goes off. It, I, I would love if How I do could, I get in that algorithm. Yeah, exactly. If I could just easily translate all of it, that'd be great. She also said, I just want you to think I'm good. I'm perfect. I'm rich. I'm constantly creating all sorts of covers while living with you. Only my love is real. Which also sounds shady. I lie about everything else, but not this. But not the yeah. love. According to Tina, she had been secretly watching Callum on social media for a full year before they met. She mm. was enamored with the image he portrayed of himself online and then decided to go after him and Slide do the, the fake yeah. heiress, like, help me kind of move. She claims that she was never properly loved as a child and she makes desperate attempts for love. She's driven by emotional hunger. I mean, that's a better, like, I guess, excuse or whatever than Anna Delvey had. Which was, it's still coming. Bullshitty. Mm -hmm. So. I don't think I don't think Anna Delvey ever tried to make an excuse. She was just like denied ever doing anything wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And so, she wasn't know, like at falling least. in love with dudes. She was like she had swindling, a but she was like yeah. going after like business guys. Yeah, she wanted to be respected as a businesswoman. She went the Anna Delvey Foundation. The audacity. Yeah. Businesswoman? I don't think she so. would get a businesswoman special. She would. Yes, we talked about her hiring boss. parents and 300 friends, but she does have an actual family. Like her mom and dad are definitely still around and they're extremely embarrassed after all this stuff came yeah, out. No right? Quote, since my daughter was exposed online, I quit my job at the restaurant because of shame. Every day we sit and sew hats so we don't have to think too much. Oh, and I was God. like, damn, bitch, that like, that's so me like crocheting sad. when I can't do anything else. So growing up in rural Dao, my commune in northeastern Vietnam, Tina struggled with poverty and teenage angst after her parents' divorce. Her mom told the local media that she would run away from home and like, you know, just did that type of teenager shit. She Mm -hmm. dropped out of school when she was 14 and left to go work in the city. The family was aware that she had erratic tendencies, but it was only when her fake identity went public that her family was like, oh shit. How old is she now? She's still in her 20s. She was born in 1995. Oh, so she's young. Yeah, she's she's a young girl. God, I I was like, sure, she's so she's like 22. And I'm like, no, she's not. She's 27. Okay. That's like how many numbers is that? How many numbers numbers is is it? Circumstances around Tina's upbringing have gathered sympathy from a bunch of people. There's a guy on YouTube who has been posting about her videos and her fall and he has 90,000 subscribers and he's kind of like, I don't know if I feel that bad for her. I, or I feel bad for her. Like Mm -hmm. it's not as bad as it seems for me. Tina isn't somebody who's very smart and has a very (laughs) big plan to scam a lot of people. I don't think so. She lied to her boyfriends. I'm not saying that it's a good thing to do, but I am saying we could easily understand the situation. If it was what just the that? dudes that she was scamming it's, and not like their whole family's yeah. savings and stuff like that. But they're saying like, I kind of get fraud- defrauding your boyfriend or like, I don't know. What? I mean, she obviously like sucks. Like that's a shitty thing. To- she's just a liar. Yeah, like- she's a liar. And 
a swindler. Yeah, I love a swindler. <sighs> I do. Complicated emotions. I know. Th- this whole, I feel like this whole episode has been a bunch of complicated right. emotions. So zooming out from her childhood hardship, the professor that we talked about in the very beginning says this entire saga is a lesson to be learned about the rise of materialism in Vietnam. Okay. Free market reforms in the 80s opened up Vietnam's socialist economy and transformed the country into one of the fastest growing economies in the world. It is capitalism's fault. I mean, mm-hmm. always. Yeah. The progress has been accompanied by a swift rise in income and consumerism. And in 2017, the Mr. Minister of Culture Sports and Tourism spoke out against the spread of what they called selfishness materialism and heartlessness and it's an ethical downfall in vietnam yeah just catching up with the rest of the world true basically so brandishing the hottest luxury items and her flamboyant spendthrift habits tina is basically exemplifying the attitude of that materialistic Mm -hmm. kind of world Mm -hmm. For many people, they believe in order to be successful, you have to have a certain look. You have to have a certain style. Tina played the game very well. She ticked all the necessary checkboxes for her story to be more believable. So she was arrested in October. She was let out. She's still out as far as we know. I think it was because she took that rented car and resold it. So that's what they got her on. The other stuff she hasn't been brought up on. It's pending, assuming. But that stuff, that stuff's hard to. Yeah. Like you gave it to her. Yeah. That's the deal is like y'all lent her this money. So she's still around. She's kind of becoming this anti-hero she says i hope everyone forgives and supports me so i may soon become a good person live honestly (laughs) and make up for all my faults i wish callum will have the remainder of my heart so she's still going on about Callum. or it's part of the bit yeah or she's humanizing yeah saying she's like broken hearted because of this yeah Callum said I met and spoke with other victims I can easily empathize with their feelings after being duped by love they will be in a condition that is worse than death they'll keep blaming and doubting themselves I feel that a love fraud is worse than killing victims holy shit a little dramatic I mean I also think that's you know translated yeah so it's, it is a little dramatic. But let's play a love game. Love game. Do you love game? Oh. Or you love, love you games you game? with me. So um, you're doing Lady Gaga. I'm doing Lady Gaga, I'm yes. doing old Greg. I oh. am confused. Okay. Well, you want <laughs> and then game. you were Bailey's in a shoe over yes, here. Yes. That's how that, that bit ends. Playing your love games with me. <laughs> okay. You should look it up. Put it in. I'm not. I, I'll probably put it in. It's real good. But anyways, that that Vice article is the only thing I could find in English on this. Mm. I tried to translate vietnamese reporting about it and it just doesn't really work very well um but yeah that's by ko ewe um k-o-h-e-w-e is the writer and she's great but i just hope that all of this keeps unfolding and we get another Anna Sorkin, Anna Delvey person to come out. Oh, if you want to hear what it. her voice sounds like. I do, since actually. she had such a cute voice, 
đây là những chút nước mắm được ủ từ uh, uh, dứa và đậu nành nha mọi người ở I get it. She has that little baby voice. Yeah, that transcends language. Và đây mm-hmm. là những chum nước mắm mm-hmm. chay được uh, So there's that and there's also and I might rip some of this and put one? it in our Instagram when this comes out but this is they made this video of her 2018 <gasps> marriage Fun. and it's oh, like a no. whole like produced thing oh so God, three minutes y'all won't be able to hear it's okay oh it's a Marriott oh she's oh. a Bonvoy member she's a Bonvoy <laughs> member oh I meant but like she's beautiful that's a which is I mean not that Anna Delvey isn't kind of pretty but this girl has more going for her well, I feel Anna like. Delvey's thing is that like people believe she was a millionaire because millionaires billionaires aren't attractive because mm-hmm. they're they're not bred for beauty oh my he's cute she is cute she's had work done they're both cute yeah. it, why does it say save the date I don't know but this is her and these pictures they do are included fake, in the article. But did they do a fake pre-shoot maybe, wedding? Maybe. I that would be, be very bougie. Fascinating. Where, did it start right with the... Did you see the Rolls Royce? Yeah. At yes. the beginning? Yeah. And they have the... And there's the dress. There she is. She's very cute. Yeah. So they're probably going to make a bunch of movies and stuff out of this, too. Yeah, in a couple of years. It's fun. I just love also that, you know, she hired... 300 actors that's gonna be expensive yeah the guy who played the dad was like it barely even covered my gas to get out there and it's like but you still took the acting job bro like and technically you have to go to a wedding too yeah Yeah. you were a central figure at this wedding probably so i was about to say yeah isn't it just easier to make friends and then i was like no (laughs) not 300 (laughs) of them no but yeah i didn't you had mentioned that you'd gotten that from a Vice oh, article, yeah. and I was going to specifically say that I got mine from um, the Casual Criminalist. Had a very deep, in-depth article associated with my story that okay. I got a lot from. I got okay. mine from wikipedia.org <laughs> and an episode we did three or four years ago. There you go. <laughs> I forgot to say the dude she married in the woods. This wasn't included in the Vice one. Did she find him in the woods? She originally? found him in the woods. They fucked. She told the dudes in the wood, the dude in the woods, that she was pregnant, and she was like, "We have to get married like tomorrow." Because, oh basically. wow! Not tomorrow, but like within like a week or so. Yeah. They didn't even send out invitations before I lose this baby. Yeah, before something crazy happens, they didn't send out invitations. He he had about a hundred people in attendance, and she only had one person come. That was her mom, supposedly. Oh, and then she split town two weeks later. Turns out she wasn't pregnant. Who'd have thunk it? And Whoa. Didn't see weird. that coming. Yeah, she. I think that's the one she got about $4,200 from that guy. I hope she's okay. Yeah, but the wedding in the 4, woods actually 4200 or 42000 4200 That seems like so much work for $4,200. Right? I think she also just like likes why is she blurred out in the face i don't know why they blur out her face and all these and put little cameras there are some countries that people who are under investigation you can't like germany Mm. has really tight laws about using names and faces when people are just accused of things i think that's interesting i wish probably better but also i'm like give me the tea yeah (laughs) i'm gonna google this person and learn everything i can about them also what if they're fucking creeps that are out yeah and like her risk, like if yeah. she was a man i'd be like 
Absolutely not. I'd be like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Get this guy out of here. We need to see his face and know exactly what he looks like so women can avoid him. Like the Tinder swindler, if you will. Um, But anyways, that's Tina. Tina More to come, probably. Yeah, hopefully more to come, I assume, if it makes it over here to the States. It will. I hope so. Someone's got a pulse on it. Mm. Smells like meat tub. It does. Eat my meat tub tonight (laughs) and... Read a book about <laughs> Prince Harry about himself while John cries about the Cowboys. That sounds like a great little Sunday for you. Yeah. Meat tub. What are you going to do Brits. the rest of the day? Oh, I'm going to go home. I'm going to bathe some dogs. I'm going to try to get some work stuff done before I have <laughs> to get it uh, and go back to my work tomorrow. And then, uh, you know, might might do some crochet. Might, I, I might do... You know what? Probably gonna that throw my phone delightful. in a river. I'm gonna do some crochet. Let's oh, crochet let's, it up. Let's crochet. And I'm gonna crochet all through the day till the early morn. <laughs> and we can crochet to through the night until the dawn. Some girl did that already on TikTok. She made a whole crochet song oh. to that, and it's delightful. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna kill myself after Haley's I hear that song. Kill yourself? Yeah. Are you just jealous? You're going to crochet yourself? Are you just jealous? <laughs> Better check yourself She's before you crochet yourself. Crochet herself a noose <laughs> and just slowly hang herself. <laughs> I'm definitely going to do it too long because yeah. it's going to stretch out a it, lot more than I, I mean, expected yeah, to. It's yeah. going to stretch. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. slowly. Yeah. Like, and Brandon your, will be like, when are you Your going? head just slowly <laughs> yeah. falls back out of yep. it. She's like... I should have never crocheted this. No. You're laughing and crying at the same you know, time. Macrame and noose, though. That, I Spencer if you do that for me. Jute, yeah, Don't that's ask a good Spencer idea. You know, do I never really picked up a craft, and I, that's probably why I'm going to live for so long, because I can't make anything in which to kill myself with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't do anything ever in your life, and you'll live forever. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Good advice from Weird Brunch. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>